Yo, what is going on everybody? It's your boy Marshall live and I am live. You guys, today we are back with another episode of the Top Paid Speaker Podcast. If you have ever listened to the show, then you know we are on a mission to empower leaders with the power of vulnerability and storytelling. I know that we all have a mess and I'm teaching people how to turn that into their message. So if you're welcome, if you're coming back and listening to us again, I just want to say thank you so much. If you're a first time listener and you have no idea who Marshall Live is or what the Top Paid Speaker Podcast is even about, then you are in for a treat. I'm excited to have you here. Hey, do me a favor if you are a first time listener or viewer, make sure you subscribe to the show. Leave us a review. Let me know how I'm doing. If you know me, you know that I hate to suck. So if I can get better, I want to get better. And if we're crushing it, I like to feel good and warm. So don't be scared to leave me a review. You guys, today we have a very special guest on. You know that I'm out here scouring my network, looking for the best of the best to come on and share their tips, resources, and strategies to help you take your speaking business and your life to the next level. And today is absolutely no exception. Today's guest went from flat broke, okay, homeless, surfing couches. I don't know if you've ever been there. We all know that I have to literally becoming one of the top 1% earners in the largest market in the country, one of the largest markets in the country. He did it all by mastering the art of sales. And today we're gonna bring him on, host of the Fact Is Podcast. Please welcome my new friend. I'm excited to partner with Mr. Ryan Mays. Uh, and the crowd goes wild as it adds them on. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for uh, tuning in. If you guys are watching us live here on Facebook, hey, Mr. Ryan. Hey! We made it! We did it! We did it! <laughs> I love it! Hey, I disappeared for a second. First off, man, I just want to say thank you so much for being here with us today, and thanks for being patient while we're going to hop on the podcast. Hey, tell the listeners and the viewers where you're tuning in from. I'm actually tuning in from a little town called Harrisonburg, Virginia. So we are on the western side of the state of Virginia, out in the, out in the mountains. Out in the mountains. I'm, in, I'm up in the northwestern corner of Montana, so in the mountains as well. But uh, I don't know if Virginia looks anything like Montana does right now. Do you guys, this is probably a stupid question, forgive me, but do you guys get snow out there? Yes, we do. We, okay. we actually, we never get really like huge snows. I mean, it's like once every 10 years, we'll get like a three footer. But for okay. the most part, it's like, you know, your little six inch to nine inch snows every once in a while. Uh, I saw on your, your live stream or your, your story earlier, man, you got some blankets coming down right now. <laughs> Bro, it was like 53 degrees last Tuesday, a week ago. And then Wednesday morning, we woke up and a massive blizzard came in. Like it was like a 36 hour blizzard this big, thick, heavy snow, so heavy it was literally snapping massive branches like all over town, came down our car, busted our window out, almost took our cabin out, dude, but I tell you what, man, elements ain't taking me out. I got big mission, <laughs> Ryan, I don't know about you, bro. I love it, dude, I love it. Uh, hey, yeah, I man, we you, haven't had anything like that come through in a while, so, you know, hopefully we well, don't have anything like that soon. <laughs> I, I was starting to wonder out here, dude, this is my third, going into my third winter out here in Montana, and I had never seen a storm like that out here yet, and everybody's always talking, talking. I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. And then, yeah, we got dumped on. And now there's a bunch <laughs> of white stuff outside on the ground. And it's super weird, especially after being in uh, San Diego for like 13 years. So it's definitely been a change, say, aren't man. Aren't you from SoCal? Like, ooh. Well, I, grew up, I grew up on a farm in Illinois. So I grew up in the snow working in it. But when I was 18, I was like, I'm out of here, dude. You know, it's interesting because we before we hopped on this call, I was, I was going back and forth with you and asking you a couple questions. And you mentioned something that I didn't even know about you. And it makes me think to actually when I went back to being 18 
And I started working a bunch of jobs I didn't really like. And I wasn't making a whole lot of money. And my life really did kind of suck. Then when I first, I didn't know about entrepreneurship. But when I first learned about owning a business, right? Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people that come from small towns, like they, they'll think of being a business owner, but not being an entrepreneur, like what that really means. And so for yeah. me, when I started off, I wanted to own a business. So I did what a lot of people in small towns do and people all over the world is I joined a multi-level marketing company. Now I'm not here to bash on them. I think that if the, if, if the person knows how to work the system and I don't say work it like in a scam, like if you know how to do business, like network marketing taught me how to basically do what it is I do today. But you actually said you started off in Amway. So I just got to get the story out of you. Tell me about your Amway experience. How long ago was it? When did you start? Why did you start and how did it go? All right. So to give you just a little bit of background on that story, um, basically I was 20 years old, just stopped working like a, a, a dream job with ESPN where I was traveling the country, going place to place and doing all this cool stuff, you know, doing a lot of heavy lifting, man. It wasn't as glamorous as it sounds. <laughs> but then uh, I hooked up with a guy here in town and he was telling me, hey, like, yeah, do you have something inside you that just says that you, you're, you're more, you, you're worth more, you're do, you can do more, you can be more. And I was like, yep, checked all three of those boxes. And then he was like, do you want to make a lot of money? I was like, yep, check that box. <laughs> and he's like, all right, so how do you feel about talking to people? And I was like, man, I'll talk to a brick wall. <laughs> like, if, you know, if it, it'll pay me some money, like, yeah, let's do this. And uh, so then I got hooked up with Amway back when I was in like 20 years old, 21 years old. And, uh, man, it, it actually changed my life. It changed my life in a lot of different ways. It unlocked my brain. I talked to my, one of my good friends about this all the time, um, because I've been primed now to, to have an explosion of growth for years. But unfortunately I didn't, I didn't do as well in Amway as I, you know, planned to do. Right, and, right. uh, and, uh, but I will say the education that I received through that, was second to none. I learned more in the in the year that I, I put in with Amway than I, I think I ever did in school. Obviously, outside of learning how to talk and do math and stuff like yeah, that, but yeah, like real world translatable skills for sure. I learned so much through that. So much so that I actually joined Amway again in 2019. No and way. Uh, yeah, man, I, I hooked back up with my my friend and and jumped back into it and. I learned a lot more this time around. Like that time unlocked my brain. This time showed me how to apply it. Mm. And ever since 2019, so in 2019, I earned uh, $35,000. So I'm not killing it by any stretch. Yeah, but, year, not, but not chump change either for doing network marketing and starting a business in a box, basically. Yeah, and, uh, and now this year, I've actually since left Amway again, but now this year I'm on pace to make 260000 Next year, the sky's the limit. Let me ask you, what, what, why do you think, I have a two-part question to that, and thank you so much for sharing, but and why do you think so many people get into some form of network marketing and the success rate is so low? Is it, I mean, what, what is, I, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's the company, but like, is it the people's the things we're teaching? I'm not talking about Amway, I'm just talking about over, like by and large, I myself have been part of four different network marketing things. And I, even back then, as somebody that wanted to make it work, I literally just couldn't. And so what is yeah. some, like, what is your opinion or what, what maybe you think keeps people limited in those opportunities or those situations? I think it goes to the, everything that's going on right now in any, anyway, in real life and, and just normal life. Why do so many people stay at the bottom at their job? Why do so many people not climb the corporate ladder and make it to high mm. executives? 
You know, it, it's, it's got to come from within. Yeah. And you and I both know this, like, if you don't have that drive, then you're not going to succeed in anything that you do, much Fast. less something that requires a ton of people skills, knowledge, education, things like that, where it literally puts the onus on you. Yeah. Like if you don't have that drive, if you don't have that backbone, that spine to stand up and say, no, nah, I'm taking, I'm taking this and I'm running with it. Then you're not going to, it's Fast. the same thing that goes in, in corporate America and in, in businesses and everything else. There's a reason why there's a top 1% and a top percentage of that 1%. And it's because those people have the drive. Those people are the ones that, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to settle for, you know, 50 grand or 60 grand or a hundred grand or whatever it is that you're trying to feed me to, to sell you my time. I'm not, I'm not doing that. And so I think that's the biggest reason. Um, I, I don't, I don't put any, I don't put any blame on Amway. I don't put any blame on multi-level marketing. Right. I think the system is there for you to plug into and make it whatever you can make it. Yes. And so, yeah, I, yeah. I think that's, Dude, that's, that's the fire. That's fire. Cause it is true. It's most people, most people will join a network marketing thing out of desperation and not as much mm-hmm. out of desire. So let me ask you this then, Ryan, cause you work with a lot of different people, helping them level up their skills, level up their sales skills in particular. But I'm curious to you is like, is desire is something that you're born with? Can can it be stoked, or is it like, yo, dude, like either you have it or you don't? Um, yes, is the easiest <laughs> question, <laughs> easy answer to that. Nicely um, played. I think that yes, there is a desire that's that's you're born with. I think yeah. that that's there, but I I think that that desire can easily be extinguished based on your circumstances. Yeah. Um, but also I think that that desire can easily be stoked based on your circumstances. Yeah. I know, I know people who come from nothing. I mean, come from absolutely nothing. I'm actually from one of the poorest counties in the entire country. Wow. So yeah. It, and I, I know a lot of people who've never climbed their way out of that, out of that place and never done yeah. anything to, to make themselves better. But I think that also based on your circumstances, you either, are okay with your life how it is, which is perfectly fine. I know a lot of good people who are just perfectly happy doing what they're doing and, and living where they live and, and their circumstances. But, you know, for a certain select few of us, we look at that and we say, hell no, I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to end up here. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to just do this. Yeah. And so I think there is just like in anything, I think there's different breeds of people. Like I'm not a farmer. I could yeah. never go and farm, bro. You you could not pay me enough money to go out there and till a field and deal with cows and do all that stuff. I tried. It sucked. I <laughs> hated it. <laughs> I would never, ever be a farmer. But I know people who love that shit and yeah. will do it every single day. They'll get up 3 o'clock in the morning, go to bed at 11 o'clock at night, get up, rinse and repeat, and do it all over again. So I just think there's different kinds of people in the world, man. Yeah, I, I love that. And so when it comes to sales, because this is something that you probably know, and I want to ask something as it pertains to different types of people, because you're absolutely right. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. And so with those different types of people, if they do have the desire, do you believe that anybody can be taught to be a good salesperson? Or is that something that you're either born with or not born with? Uh, if you've got the desire, you can be taught to do anything. Um, and Ooh, like especially that. in sales, because in sales, you it's like the best parts of business without all the worst parts of business. What do you mean? You own your business within the business. Like if you don't take mm-hmm. the ownership of your sales, like it doesn't matter what you're selling. You could be selling toothpicks, but if you don't take ownership of that and you don't 
you know, follow your KPIs. You don't track your, your closing percentages. You don't track your incoming leads. You don't follow up. You don't do those things. Then you're not going to be successful at all. You could be the most gifted talker in the entire world. But if you don't know how to track your business, then you're not ever going to, you're not ever going to succeed. Now, if you do have the desire to do those things, you can be taught exactly because mm. all that is, that's just like learning mathematics. Right. You know, once you, once you learn it, like I know what two plus two is right off the top yeah. of my head because I, I was taught it. And I, I know that two plus two equals four. Well, the same thing goes with sales. I know that if I talk to 10 people at my current level of skill, I'm going to close about 60% of that. And I have numbers to back that up too. So don't, so don't, don't, don't sleep on Let's that. Go. But so that means if I want to increase my salary, if I want to increase my income, that means I got to talk to more people. So if I talk to 20 people, realistically, I could think 12 of those will close. Same thing, 30, 40, 50, just keep on scaling it based on your percentages. So now that's where learning how to talk to people comes into play. Sure. Uh, once you once you get your head wrapped around the business side of things, now it's time to work on you. How do you approach people? How do you talk to people? How do you interact with people? Are you listening to people? Because that's the biggest one. I don't care what you can say. You could be the slickest talker in the world, but if you're not listening to people, they're going to walk out your door without buying anything from you. Fact. That's that's fire. I mean, that's such excellent advice. So let me let me break it down even a little bit further. So what you're telling me first off is like we want to really be good at sales. We got to look at at mastering a strategy or at least learning the strategy of how it's done and then how we work within that strategy. Because like we were just talking about why does network marketing or business in general work for some people, but majority of not people. You said, well, it's either they have to have the desire. And so you're telling me if I have the desire to be the top 1% and I learn the sales strategies, then apply what it is that how I work within that, then we're going to start to have more success. You mentioned just a little bit earlier, like you're on pace to have a, to do over 200K. So I know that it wasn't always like that. So let's take a pause for a second and let's just go back a second. Let's go back to, to the younger Ryan. Tell me a little bit about how you grew up as a child, what your experience was through that and what brought you to at the age of 20 into knowing or even having the awareness that one, you need to change your life and two, that business is the way to do it. Like what was your childhood experience like growing up where you did? So uh, like I said, I actually come from one of the poorest counties in the entire country. Um, so just waking up every day, um, I also come from a split household. So my mom raised me and my, my two younger brothers by herself. Um, we had, you know, my dad was still present. I'm not trying to say that like my dad wasn't there. My dad was a good dad, but he was only able to be there every other weekend and basically at our sporting events and things like that. Like he tried to get involved as much as he can. So I got to give all the credit in the world to him, but the, the, reality of the situation is, is my mom basically raised three boys on her own. Um, and so I, as a kid, I was very rebellious. I think I had a lot of anger issues coming from my mom and my dad not being together. And then my mom, you know, married somebody else and that didn't work out. So I went through two divorces by the time I was wow. 12. Wow. And so I just, I think I had a lot of pent up aggression because yeah. of that. And so, um, you know, just seeing that and seeing what was going on with my mom, God bless her because we never needed for anything yet. Did we want for things? Of course, everybody yeah. wants for things, but we never needed. We always had a roof over our head. We always had clothes on our back. We always had, you know, a ride to school. So it was, you know, I got to give my mom a ton of credit for that. But growing up, I just saw 
that some people out there had yachts, they had Lambos, they had all these cool things. And then I hear their story and they come from, you know, something like what I come from. Right. And I'm like, hold on a second. How are these, how are these people from like inner city, Baltimore, inner city, these inner cities where you hear all these horror stories, how are they blowing up and becoming these massive wealth individuals, whether it's athletics, whether it's politics, whether whatever the case may be. And so that kind of started the click in my head. And I was like, hold on, there's more to this than, than meets the eye. And so, like I said, then I, I got hooked up with ESPN right out of high school and I got to see the country. I got to see all kinds of different things and I got to meet some very famous people. That's dope. And I saw them and I, I actually, uh, I got to uh, sit and, and have a kind of a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a, a very famous NASCAR driver. And, uh, and we just talked for like an entire evening. We were at a party and we actually just went out and, and sat on a dock on, on uh, Lake Michigan and just sat there and talked. He and I, it was cool as shit. That's sick. Um, but he came from nothing right. and built himself into something. And yeah. he had a skill and that his skill was driving cars. And he turned that into a multi-million dollar business. And I was like, how, how did you do that? And he's like, to be honest with you, I don't even know. I just started driving and then I put the right people around me. And I was like, oh, mm, okay. So that when I came home after ESPN, I was like, I gotta get around better people. Dude, <laughs> I gotta get, around, I gotta get go. around better people. It's like, if, if that's what he took, that's, that's what propelled him into this, then that means I gotta get around better people. And so got hooked up with Amway thinking, you know, all right, I'm getting around a higher caliber of people. And some of the people that I got around in Amway are definitely higher caliber people. And I'm still very close friends with a couple of them who are, in my honest opinion, some of the highest caliber people you can have. Maybe not the highest net worth, but their their spirit, their soul, their heart, it's all very, very high caliber. And I think actually you know one, Glenn Martin? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so Glenn, Glenn is an amazing human being. Yeah. He is an amazing human oh, being. Such an amazing dude. And, you know, so that, that's just one example of the, one of the guys I met through the MLM. And then, um, you know, after dropping out of Amway, I uh, went down the, the bad road, bro. Just started yeah. partying my ass off. I just partied my ass off for the next like five years. And it wasn't until I was about 26 years old, man, I hit rock bottom and rock bottom sucked. Like, Lost my house, like the townhouse that I was living in. Uh, my buddy, thank God for him, because he let me sleep on his couch, you know, and I had a kid on the way. Yeah. So I'm like, I got to change something. I right. got to change something. And it was wow. not an easy process, not an easy process by any stretch of the imagination. But when my daughter was born, I, uh, I realized right then and there that, man, I'm not the most important thing in my life anymore. So now I have an obligation to her. Right become something better than what I am right now. And I started on my path of building and I started building and building and uh, I was selling cars at the time. And I started getting better at selling cars because I, I had purpose to why I was, I was getting up in the morning and, and going to the dealership. Then I dropped out of left car sales, got into insurance for a little while. Um, I did really well with that and um, didn't like to travel. You know, my lead source is it was all over the state of Virginia. So I was just going from place to place to place. Right. So I got out of that because, man, there was, it was just burning me out. And then, like I said, in 2019, here I am again, 
back in car sales because I had nowhere else to go. And I'm like, all right, I'm doing pretty good in car sales, but I need to do more. Yeah. So I called up my friend with Amway again. I was like, I got to get around yeah. better people again. Yeah. And then this time, this time it stuck. So wow. I translated for, like I said, $35,000 in 2019 and two shorts, two short years later, um, um, and the top 1% of my state That's of earners. That's wild, dude. Like, first off, congratulations and hats off to you. Like, what a story. And there's a few things I'd like to unpack from that story because, dude, like, you hit us with so much. So the first thing is, is I do want to say to everybody that's listening and watching, that's coming back and doing this, like I said, if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, make sure you do. Leave us a podcast. Let me know what you think of Ryan. Reach out to him. Add him on your social media. Ryan, I'm curious real quick because there's something that you keep saying over and over, and it's talking about you had to get around better people. If I... Looking at you now and seeing your social media profiles, you have an absolutely beautiful family. And it's like, it's like a picture, like the picture perfect family, like perfect visual matches, like it looks great. But what I'm hearing you say is it wasn't always like that. And you've got to work very hard to become that. And it's easy for us just to say, oh, you got to get around the right people. But I really want to unpack what some of that means in one second though. I just want to mention to anybody that's listening or, or um, listening or watching this on replay, the power of Adam's or Adam, the power of Ryan's story right now. And what I mean is if you are going to hit the stage and you're somebody that has a story like this, being able to find those moments is an excellent place to start your speeches. So for those of you speakers who are watching and listening to the show, if I'm coaching Ryan and Ryan, if I was coaching you, what I would be saying is, hey, yo, like I would write a speech or something called how NASCAR changed my life. And what I would do is I would talk about how I walked out on the balcony that night. And I got, I was talking to this NASCAR driver and I was asking, yo, bro, like what made you so successful? And he shared one golden nugget with me that changed my life forever. And I'm going to give it to you. So it changes your life forever. And then he talked about the power of being around the right people. Like that is a talk in and of itself. That's a mini book if you wanted to. And so I want all of you that are listening to understand that these things, these moments that changed our life, there's so much power in being able to share those things. So, okay, time back in. So, okay, Ryan, what, I'm, what, I, what I am super, super curious about, and this is one of the reasons I'm so excited to invite you out to my men's retreat in January of next year, is because what we're talking about is like, you're saying, okay, Marshall, I learned the skill. Like I had the skill. I had the skill. I had the know-how. I had the strategy. But then I went on a five-year bender where I was my worst self. But what I learned and what I started to do is really implement the power of proximity, the power of association, the power of being around the right people. So what I'm curious, Ryan, is that, you know, I'm assuming, and I know I don't like to assume, but I'm assuming the people that you got around didn't necessarily teach you new skills about selling, but they probably taught you a new way of being. So explain to me a little bit more in depth and to our listeners and viewers, because mentorship was a very foreign, so I've just turned 38, but even at the age of like 30, mentorship was such a foreign concept to me because nobody talked about that in the farm in Illinois, right? So what does that mean, getting around the right people? Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head, man, mentorship. Um, they didn't teach me any new skills. That That's for sure. Like I've always had the ability to talk. I've always had the ability to connect with people. Um, what they taught me was how to just be a better human being Let's go. And, and how to like translate my skills into earning potential. Mm. That was one of the biggest, biggest shifts. They also taught me how to get my money right. Like, man, I was just spending like with no tracking, man, if you don't have a budget, like you're done, you're done, son. I'm sorry. It's not, you're not going anywhere without a budget. Like, I don't care if you're making a million dollars or if you're making $10, if you can't manage 10, then you can't manage a million. I, right. I promise you that. 
Fact. And so getting my money right was probably one of the biggest stepping stones of my life because I had the skills. I knew how to make money. I didn't know how to keep money. And mm. if you listen to Warren Buffett, man, rules one and two, don't lose money. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was something huge, but also just being around higher caliber people who were family men who did the right thing, even though sometimes the right thing was the harder thing to do. Wow. Most of the time, the right thing is the harder thing to do. The, they, you know, just had this, this backbone, this spine, they stepped up as men and said, you know what, I'm in control of my life. I'm going to do this. And whatever I set my mind to, I can accomplish. And so being around that kind of person just rubs off. Yeah. I mean, 100%. if you get around those, those kinds of people, and I'm sure, like you said, you started taking mentorship at 30. So it's been what, like eight years now. Yeah. So it just changes your life, man, Absolutely. because all of a sudden you're doing what they do. And if yeah. you're, if they are where you want to be and you're doing what they they're doing, then you're just naturally going to start coming up. Fact. It's osmosis, man. I always tell people, I'm like, the, when I started doing hard drugs, like the first time I ever used cocaine before it became like an addiction that I hid for years, like I was hanging out with people who did cocaine. Like, you know what I mean? I was at the bar and then we were going to after parties and people are down in the basement doing their thing. And I'm like, oh, what are you guys doing? You want, hey, Marsh, you want to try some? And so it's like, it's not rocket science, but they don't teach you this in school. Like it, nobody, and I don't know if it's the, necessarily the teachers, right? Because I don't know if the teachers even realize what, what the power of mentorship or being around the right people. But dude, if you are, if you hang out with six dudes or in the basement doing drugs, like you're going to be the seventh dude. If you hang around about people who are always looking on how to solve problems, how to show up and serve other people, and they have a high skill set or a high, a high income skill, you're going to make money just like they do. Like this is not it. rocket science. And so one of the things that makes me super curious about kind of what we've talked about is that I want to talk about the sales aspect here in a second, but you, you touched on something that, that kind of resonated with me <clears throat> at the time of shooting this, it's November 8th. So it's voting day all over the place. And I don't want to tiptoe too much into politics because that is not my shit. I was a thing back <laughs> in the day, but not, it's not my thing now. Um, but I want to know, because you do have your podcast, the fact is, and you guys do have a little bit of a political, uh, that I mean, it is, it's a political talk, for essentially. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious, because these are things I'm generally wondering about when it comes to the school education system, or we're talking about how men are these days. And a lot of men are choosing distraction or choosing addiction. They're choosing to kind of turn their back on the responsibilities, but it's because a lot of men, one, don't have any context of what it means to be a man. But two, I sometimes feel like the system from the time we go through school, even to when we're indoctrinated into working, like I feel like the system is working against us. Now, is that me just as like some kind of weird conspiracy conspiracy person or like is, is, is the, are the stat are the chips stacked against most men at winning in life today? Um, that's, let, let me unpack that. That that's, that's, that's a big one. Um, first of all, one thing I got to get out of, get out, you know, going back to the association thing, my grandmother, you know, they don't teach it in schools. They don't teach it, you know, unless you have somebody in your life who already knows. Right. My grandmother used to have a saying, bro, if you fly with the crows, you're going to get shot at. If you run with the lions, you're going to own the pride. That's a good ass saying. <laughs> Dude, my grandmother was fire. <laughs> if you fly with the crows, you're going to get shot at. If, if you, you run with the lions, you'll you own the pride. That's what is up, dude. I'm a speaker, so I need all those one-liners. Thank you, Grandma Mays. 
So, um, but yeah, man, uh, that's why I got lines on my arm. But awesome. anyway, um, so getting back to the thing about being a man, and first, I think you hit the nail on the head. There's a ton of men out here that have no idea what it's like to be a man or what it what it is to be a man. And to be honest with you, I had no idea what it was to be a man. It wasn't until I had my daughter that all of a sudden I stepped up and I was like, oh, shit, I've got to become a man. Uh, you know, I've been a boy. I've been this this irresponsible little kid for my entire life. Now I've got to step up and I've got to find it somewhere. And so I don't know that the, the chips are stacked against you, but I will say as a man, you have less opportunities to be saved in the sense that Ooh. you don't have these these programs in place to support you like and I, i'm not against women i'm not anything like that I, I have a wife i love my wife i got two daughters i want to see them be successful as well but women have outs you get pregnant you don't want it you can abort it you you divorce your husband you get the kids you get money from your husband like there's 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 all these things and programs in place, government assistant, WIC, women and children, you know what I mean? Like all yeah, these things that are there to support a woman if she falls on hard times or makes bad decisions. For men, you don't have that shit. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very, very rare that you find something, you know, that that can support you when you don't have a support system. Yeah. So I would say that the the chips are not stacked against you, but they're not stacked in your favor either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now with the political spectrum, I think what you're seeing now, and I, I don't, there's a guy out there, his name's Andrew Tate. He's been yeah, banned and all this other stuff. If you actually listen to that guy in long form and not those clipped up stuff. I love you. I can't help it. <laughs> he hits on some serious fire. Yeah. some serious powerful shit man he he really does hits on all kinds of things like if if you have an hour go listen to one of his long longer talks because man it'll change your life if you actually listen yeah that patrick um, david bat episode did you listen to that one the what the patrick david bat one he did that he did with, yeah. with patrick that was dang that yeah. was fire and then there was another one with uh uh something i think it's david leeds I think yeah, that was his name. He's a real estate guy out of out yes. of London. Yes. Oh my oh, god, right? bro! Yes. That yes, that one. That was, was sick. Fire. Sick. It's two hours long, but I, dude, about hour one, about the hour one mark, he just gets into some deep stuff, and it's like, whoo. <laughs> you know, but it's inter it's interesting. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, you go ahead, man. Well, no, I was gonna say it's interesting because, like, let's let's like, unpack that. Now, I don't necessarily. I don't, not necessarily the exact camp as somebody like Andrew Tate. I agree with most of the stuff that he says uh, as far as being a man, the matrix, all of the things. There's some things that I don't resonate with as much, like uh, Absolutely. You know, ju just making money. Like I love making money, but like that is not, that's not my, you know, so there's like, there's things. So I don't want people to be like, oh, turn it off just because we're talking about Andrew Tate. But the reality of it is, is to be a strong man in today's society is, is a tough gig. And I'm not saying right. that men have it harder than women or women have it harder than men. It's we're not the same and that's okay. Like not that's okay. I, it's not necessarily equal, but fair. And that's the thing I think that we're, we're really not talking that much about. And so what I want to ask you next is because there's a couple things. Now in the beginning of this, you said that you talk to regular people who've had extraordinary success and that triggered something inside you to go, Oh man, like, I guess even a little guy like me can have extraordinary success. So I want to ask you something that ties into what we're talking about now. <clears throat> 
over the years of speaking since 2016, almost every speaker I've ever watched speak on stage tells a story about coming from nothing, having a, a tremendous amount of success, losing everything because they're an idiot or didn't have their shit together, and then being able to build it back up even faster, okay? Mm -hmm. So I know that this is a common story. That was my story. I was actually naive enough to think because I was in these top circles and investing in top masterminds and listening to all these stories. I remember I was sitting at, at this event one time watching Ed Milet talk, and I was like, I'll never have to go through that because I'm learning from my mentors. I'll never have to lose everything. And then in 2000, the end of 2019, I literally lost everything. Uh, you know, a million dollar business. We lost our, our penthouse, the relationship I was in, which was terrible anyways, I mean, all the things. So the reason I'm asking you this, Ryan, is because what I discovered is that there's men out there who are actually really, really good at what they do because of their trauma and they don't even realize it. They're actually trying mm -hmm. to find, you know, validation and acceptance by going out and proving everybody wrong. And what happens is that's what I did. So I, 2019, my clients have nine figures in results. I have seven figures in results. I'm living in this amazing penthouse. I walk upstairs after an event and I look out over the Pacific Ocean and I'm like, I've never been as fucking unhappy as I am right now. Not even the year that I wanted to kill myself was I as unhappy as I am right now in this moment. What am I doing? And so the reason I bring that up is because what I found in the moment, Ryan, is that a lot of men who are leaders and making really good money, they may be in a relationship or they may not be, but the fact of the matter is, is they don't feel like they have anybody to turn to. They don't feel like mm -hmm. there's anybody to, to vent to or express to. If you're the leader and everybody's looking at you, then you can't just get on here and be like, oh man, I've been fighting with my girl. I don't know if we're going to make it. Or, yo, my business partner just stole all my money. Um, I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like it, it feels like it weakens our position. So what I'm asking you is, what is it that men can do in today's society to like, how do we avoid that? Because you said the same thing. Like you had this thing, you had the talk, then you rode the couch for five years, you parted your ass off. Like what, how do men change this? What is the rite of passage? Like, I don't understand why so many men go through this making money and then they lose it all. And a lot of them never recover. Uh, I mean, the answer to that is pretty simple. If, if you're green, you're growing. If you're ripe, you're rotten. Like, oh, I mean, shit, dude, let's go. <laughs> think about that i mean if if you're green and you are hungry and you're and you're out here learning from these people then you're still growing you're growing you're growing as soon as you say i'm here i've made it i'm the man well shit man you're getting ready to fall because pride comes before the fall amen so and and that's going to happen it, it happens to everybody everybody is going to experience it in one way or another because we can't help it i mean you 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 got to sometimes sit back and you say, look at all this shit I just did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then you, it's, it's going to hit, it's going to hit. Um, the, I think the strategy is not to be afraid of if it happens, just be ready when it happens because you, you can do things to prevent, you can't prevent ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows are just a natural part of life. You're going to be on the highest of highs. You're going to be on the lowest of lows. The, mm. the, the ticket is to get it from going like this to going like this. Yes. Yes. So I think the way that you avoid those things is putting the right people around you in the right positions around you. All because right. Because like you said, when you get to the top, yeah, it feels like you're up on top of Everest and nobody else is up there with you. Um, but you know, if you have the right team around you, then you can you can go and say, hey, you know what, me and my girl, we got in a, a huge knockout fight. Like what, you know, what this is going on, my kid's doing this, this is going on with business. My business partner just stole all my money, you know, F that guy. But 
if you if you take and Napoleon Hill talks about this in Think and Grow Rich, your mastermind. You have to put the group of people who are the best at what they do in your life. Now, obviously, you, you might not be able to find the best of the best, but if they're the best at what they do in your life, you put them in that position. Henry yes. Ford great at this. He didn't know shit about shit, really. I mean, Henry Ford actually was a very uneducated man, but he put the right people in places and then developed systems from it. Yes. So if you have those right people in place and you have that structure behind you or around you, then, then you're going to be able to run. I mean, think it, you don't ever get anywhere without other people. Man, and that's, that's anything in life. Like if you have a, if you have a wife, a girlfriend, uh, a best friend or a business partner, you guys are locking arms to make it to somewhere better. Yeah. And the other thing is this though, and having your circle, if your circle becomes toxic, you got to know when to drop that circle and get a yeah. new one. Yeah. 100%. Because like you said earlier, if six people are down downstairs in the basement doing, doing cocaine, you're going to be the seventh. Yeah. And if you know, those six people let the fame and, fortune or whatever the hell it is go to their head then you got to say all right guys y'all ain't growing anymore like yeah either y'all gotta y'all gotta get it together or we gots to go <laughs> yeah. bro come on I, okay so if you're a listener or viewer right now ryan told me he's not speaking yet but i have no idea why because he would be absolutely fire on stage dude you're dropping some gold nuggets man i um i actually was on a phone call with gary vaynerchuk back at the end of 2016 and I had the opportunity to ask him a question. And I, I asked him, I said, hey, Gary, what's the secret to keeping momentum going when it's really rolling for you? Like, how do you keep that going? And what he said to me, Ryan, was um, the secret to life is pushing back in the opposite direction from the way things look like they're actually happening. And I said, what the fuck did you just say, Gary V? <laughs> and he said to me, he, he laughed and he said, the reason that I'm so good at what I do is because when, whenever I walk into the room, I am confident that I'm the absolute best person in there, the fucking killer. But I'm equally, at the same exact time, humble enough to realize that I'm the dumbest person in the room and I don't know shit and I can learn it from everybody. He said, when I show up like this and I keep in mind that when I'm up, I'm going to be down again, but also that when I'm down, I will be up again and I can keep that even flow. He's like, that's when you start to see success. So for you to reverberate that, I mean, to say that right back, it's like, dude, I'm telling our listeners, our viewers, like Ryan's got it down. Like this is exactly what the most successful people in the world are saying the exact same thing. It's no wonder that Ryan is having a tremendous amount of success in his life and his business and in his relationship. And that's the first thing. And that's the next thing I want to ask you is the relationship because you've got it mm -hmm. dialed in. And I was blessed to become a father a year and a half ago. It's two little boys who are, you know, became their bonus dad, their stepfather. And that is literally the number one thing that changed my life. I, like, I've been doing okay for a while. Do that too, but as soon as you become a dad, I'm like, damn, these kids deserve, like, they deserve some context of a man, what it looks like for a man to be a man and go chase their dreams. So my God always speaks to me through my 13-year-old now, which is crazy. But what I want to ask you, Ryan, is what in your life then, because there is a switch. When I was starting Top Paid Speaker back in 2016, it was about the money. I wanted to make a lot of money because I wanted to have a lot of freedom. Then I got a lot of money and I had a lot of freedom and I was very unhappy. And there had to be a switch where everybody talks about it, but a switch where I actually stopped focusing on the money and I really started focusing on the people. And now that I really focus on the people, everything has changed, right? You're so much more what, fulfilled, right? Right. What was the thing for you? Was it about the money in the beginning? And if so, you know, what, what were you able to flip? Like, how are you now be able to, able to be so dialed in as a family man? 
as a father and a husband, but also crushing it in business because most people have to sacrifice one or the other. So what is the key, would you say, to being able to create that cohesive balance where you're thriving at all levels? So I would say that the way is an unbreakable balance and not compromising your your beliefs. Mm. Um, okay. If you, if you have work, then you're at work. And you go and you give it 110 fucking percent while you're at work. Let's go. When you're at home, you're at home and you give it 110 fucking percent while you're at home because your kids, bro, you know it now. Yeah. You've only got them once. You know what I mean? I don't want to talk about it. It's I've missed out so many years already. <laughs> they get bigger, but they need that example, Marshall. Like they need that example. They're craving that example. Yes. Yes, they, they came are. into this world and didn't know shit about shit. Just like all of us come into this world and don't know shit about shit. So it's up to us as men, as fathers, as leaders to break that curse of poverty. I mean, and break that curse of not having a strong role model and break that curse of, you know, just perpetual spinning the wheels, man. Because if, if we don't do it, then who's going to? And I know a lot of successful women out there and they, and they can hit and they're fire and they, they are yes. super, super successful. But almost always they've got a strong man behind them. Right. I know a lot of very successful, successful men who are out here killing it and doing all these things. They've got a very strong woman behind them or, and I don't mean that like they're behind yeah. them. I mean yeah. that like they're with them. They're, they're, they're Beside part them. of their mastermind. Yeah. They're the ones that are on your back, just giving you a push. Yes. And if you have somebody in your life who's not pushing you, then that ain't the one that ain't the one I'm sorry. And there's going to be a lot of guys probably that listen to that and they're like, damn, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like yeah. she might have all the looks, she might have all the skills and, and, you know, freaking the sheets, whatever. She might be just as cool as cool can be, but if she ain't pushing you to be better, she ain't the one. Yeah. It, 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 it just is what it is. It's a hundred percent, man. I agree with that. Totally. Oh, hold on, bro. Uh, my, I think my daughter just got up. Do your thing, man. Hey, so if you guys are watching this and tuning in, do me a favor, Ryan, while he's going to check on his daughter real quick, uh, like a good dad, uh, give me a like, give me a love. Like I said, be a friend, tell a friend, share this show with somebody that might get some value. And if you like the podcast, make sure you're subscribed to it. You guys, we're doing all kinds of awesome stuff here. And I got to say, just to add on to what Ryan was saying is that when, when I had an opportunity to become a father, and I don't know what that life, that transitional life period might be for you. But as a man, when I became a father, I realized that I had a, a duty. I had a duty to fulfill. And Ryan was just talking about it, breaking those generational curses. My father left when I was two years old. He chose alcohol and drugs over me and my mom. I remember the day that he walked out of my life. I was crying. I was begging them to stop fighting. He actually took her and threw her through a screen door onto the front porch. Um, and it traumatized me. Then she was re later remarried to my stepfather at the age of four. We moved to a farm when I was five. And my stepfather, as most of you know, if you followed my content or know my brand, he was a monster. The guy still is a monster. Like I just had a conversation with my mom about my sister yesterday. And I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, what is wrong with that man? Which is a whole nother story. And we can do a whole nother podcast on that. So all I'm saying is that both of the men that were in my life as fathers weren't actually there for me. And even when they were, my stepfather was telling me how worthless I was every day or how, I, how I'm observing or how I'm ungrateful. Or I was going to be another loser Gillen like my dad. And so the things that Ryan is talking about, I mean, like the power that is, that comes with the duty that, that comes with being a, a man, a father is something sacred. It's something sacred. And it's interesting, Ryan, uh, is everything good? 
Yeah. So my, my youngest just, she was down for a nap and my oldest just tried to get her out of the crib and fell. So it just created a little, little situation. We got it taken care of now though. <laughs> Let's go dad life, man. And uh, I'm glad, I'm glad everything is okay. When, when dad, when parents got to run out of the room like that, I'm like, go do your thing, bro. We got this, we got this <laughs> lockdown over here. But I was just sharing with the audience real quick while you're gone a little bit about the backstory and, and how the duty of becoming a, a male father is really what was the rite of passage for me into manhood at the age of thir uh, 36 within the 37 me like i'm old i'm not old but i'm older i'm smart like i'm a, I'm a pretty good guy but even i still was missing something that i had no idea and it's either like you're thrust into something like fatherhood and you don't know what you're doing like i like me or it's like you're thrust into fatherhood and you don't know what you're doing but you surround yourself with a bunch of dads who are like you who, who are who feel it's their duty and the, what you're saying is that when you're around the right people that's when you get the right answers i always tell people hey you got to be in the right rooms with the right people who have the right information and if you can nail those three things your life is going to turn out pretty much the way that you want it if what you're doing is visualizing and planning it out so ryan what i want to say real quick is that back to men have you ever read the book king warrior lover magician i have not okay so carl jung right uh world famous psychologist um uh, he discovered or basically wrote a book uh, or wrote an idea about how there's four masculine archetypes. The male personality has four masculine archetypes, four ways of being, one being the king, one being the warrior, one being the magician, and one being the lover. He's saying that the lover, when expressed, when a healthy, when a healthy lover is expressed to the man, and every man is all four of these, but most men are more one than the other. And what he was saying, Ryan, is that the lover is expressed through creativity, you know, through love. I'm sorry, the lover is expressed through passion and, and love. The magician is uh, expressed as a creator, as somebody that goes out and creates things. The warrior is discipline and courage. And then the king is humility and joy and structure. And the thing of it is, is that most men never achieve that king energy that king psyche and so you know to our listeners who are who are tuned in or our viewers that is one of the things that why i'm so big on men's work going forward and why we're instituting these things like men's retreats and we call it sacred king because there is definitely a sacredness to getting this stuff right a sacredness to being a husband and a father and i'm not telling you what god to believe in but i believe in god and i believe that my god wants me to have the most success the most abundance the most prosperity he wants me to be created in his image and that's a sacredness and when i can show up in that king energy that's what we're out here helping men do and so i appreciate you having this conversation with me today ryan because i know a lot of men don't even know that much of it and so i want to get back on track i want to be respectful of your time and i, I want to get going here on this podcast so you can get on to the rest of your day but to finish this up you know, like i said it wasn't always like this in the beginning and everything that we talk about now got a lot easier when you started making money but in order to make money you had to become good at sales and in 2023 actually very soon but definitely up into 2023 you have something very special that you've been putting together that you're going to be launching will you tell us a little bit about what you got going on because a lot of our listeners could get a tremendous amount of value by linking up with you, partnering with you, working with you going forward, especially if we're talking about sales, systems, all the things that could require being successful in your business. Share a little bit about what you got coming up. Sure thing, man. Uh, so I'm actually launching a, uh, a sales coaching course. And oh. the premise of the course is going to be a, to take you from zero to $100,000 a year. And I'm going to teach you how to do it in 60 days. 
It's it, like I sold, told you before, it's all based on the systems that you put in place. It's how you execute. It's how you budget. It's how you goal set for yourself to get to the next level. 100%. Uh, so that's it, the actual business name is going to be called 60 Days to Six Figures. Let's um, go. Brand working on this right now. Uh, we're looking at a quarter quarter two launch, probably like an April one launch. Um, but we're, we're right now, if I could put it the best way possible, Abraham Lincoln had a really cool quote back in the day. If, if you were given four hours to chop down a tree, how would you spend the four hours? He said, well, I'd take the first three and I'd sharpen my ax. It's what we're doing right now, man. We're sharpening the ax. So, and that last hour when this thing launches, we're in the best position to help as many people as possible get from zero to a hundred thousand. And who we're going to be trying to help out is not going to be that established sales rep who's got those bad habits and things like that. We will take those people. Don't get me wrong, but we're going to be looking at those people who are just making that leap of faith, either into entrepreneurship or into, you know, a sales business. They just got tired of that nine to five. They want something more for their life. So they decided to get into something that is going to be based on the work and effort and, and sweat and blood and tears that they put into it and get paid on a commission structure. So commission sales is one of the scariest jumps you'll ever make in the business world. Um, because you go from life of like comfort, basically just getting paid just to show up, drink some coffee, you know, shoot the, shoot the shit with Karen over at the copier. Yeah, right. And now all of a sudden you're like smiling and dialing, bro. <laughs> well, so, dude, I, I mean, such a massive opportunity though. I want people to really understand this, especially if you haven't found not found a way to break out of your nine to five or to start living your dream life or creating your dream business. I don't know. I mean, there's few skills in the whole world that are more valuable than understanding how to sell. The day that I learned how to sell in 2016 is the day that I was free forever. That was the day that my whole life changed. When I learned the ability of how to listen to somebody, understand what their problem was and then find the correct solution, it changed everything. I was literally never broke again. And so it's interesting because as we see a lot of people like me, like you, coaches, speakers, consultants, authors, people moving online, there's a lot of us like me that don't even want to do our own sales anymore because it's just not, it's not, it's not something we're strong yet. So it's an interesting opportunity for anybody that's listening because it's like, yo, there is so much room for people and opportunities for people who to get hired to do sales for, for others. So it's like people might be watching this thinking, I don't have anything to sell, Brian. Dude, whether you have your own product to sell or whether you learn the skills so you can work selling somebody else's, like whatever it is, this is going to make you more money. And I think that's super exciting. I think that more people sure. need to pay attention. Can I cut you off real quick? Please. You do have something to sell. You have yourself. Mm. And that's another thing that I'm going to teach you is how to that's sell cool. yourself, how that's to cool. get that job, what to say, how to, how to hold yourself, how to shake a person's hand, how to look them in the eye how to read body language. Like that's all going to be a part of it because you do have something to sell. You have yourself. And if you don't have anything else yet, you still have you. I love that dude. Let's go. And I couldn't agree more. It's the one thing I teach about speaking, right? Like the way to create the way to, way to create influence uh, is to sell yourself. People don't, people don't buy because you convince them they buy because they believe that you believe what you're talking about. And they're like, Oh, okay. I'm in Marshall sounds like he knows what he's talking about. I don't get it, but I want that. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do it. So that's when my sales career took off is when I stopped trying to convince people and I just started listening to them and then I helped them solve their problems. Bro, people will sell themselves. If I, if I'm like, if I'm on a phone call, if somebody's already made it to a phone call with me, they're already sold. And it's like, that's the number one thing I, we probably should talk about even more too, is like when you have people hop on a call and they talk themselves out of the sale, it's like, dude, they called you because they were already interested. 
if you just asked him a couple of the right questions and you didn't say anything else and at the very end he said so it sounds like i'm repeating everything you're saying if i could take care of that would that be good for you and they're like yeah and you're like cool it's this amount like i i just i'm excited <laughs> for what you got going on man it's truly an honor to be here and on this podcast with you today i'm looking forward to supporting you going forward and i'm looking forward to having you coming out to the men's retreat and sharing these details and these skills with the businessmen that are going to be there so they can go home make more sales create a team and they can have a more loving time, present time with their family as well. Dude, do you have anything to say before we hop off? Yeah, man. Um, first and foremost, it's an honor to be on here with you as well. Thank you so, so much for having me on. Uh, you know, this is this is stepping out of my comfort zone. Yeah, I got my own podcast, but I'm not talking about me on my podcast. I'm talking about the shit that's going down in the world. Right. So being actually on here with you, man, this has been an absolute blessing. So thank you so much. Um, if, if people are interested in checking out more about what I've got going on, I just started an Instagram page. It's called 60 days underscore six figures. Let's go. Um, and it's, it's, it's going to be where I'm going to start posting nuggets. I've already got some videos that are being edited, getting ready to get those things up. I'm just going to be trying to bring value to you every single day, just in some way, shape or form. And it's going to have something to do with sales. It's going to either be how to sell yourself, how to sell your product, what, you know, and I'm going to just be hitting you with raw, unfiltered content on there as well. Cause you know, if you beat around the bush and you sugarcoat shit, then it ain't worth, it ain't worth it. So 100%, man, my, my first speaker coach told me you can be cute or you can get paid, but you usually can't do both. And I, both. Was like, All right, man, this and I was like, okay, the name of my company is top paid speaker. I don't want anybody to fucking miss what this is about. Right. <laughs> I Dude, love it. Really, I love really, it. Really, it's been a treat, man. I really, really appreciate you. Uh, if you were nervous doing this and this is out of your comfort zone, I promise you not one person would know. You absolutely crushed it, bro. I appreciate you so much. And if you're listening to this show uh, over on the podcast or watching here on YouTube, then the links to follow Ryan and all the things he has are already listed below in the bio. So go check those out. Go click it. You guys see right here, Ryan's just a regular ass person, dude, a regular dude out here helping regular people. And so don't be scared to reach out. Don't be shy. Like, Go at him, hit him in the DM, slide to his DMs, be like, yo, what's up, bro? So anyways, guys, <laughs> um, I appreciate you very much. Ryan, thank you so much, man. You have a great blessed day, and uh, we'll talk soon. You too. All right, everybody, there we go. Boom, remove guest, and that's it. That's the episode. That's the episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, be a friend, tell a friend, share this episode with somebody. That was fun. I love having real conversations with real people. Check it out. If you're listening to this and it's not past January 4th of 2023 and you're a man and you're in business and you want to get in the right rooms, with the right people, and you want to surround yourself with better men, make sure you make it out to the uh, Sacred Kings retreat. You can go to sacredkings.co and get all the information. There's only 10 spots and most of them are gone. There's still a few left, so you can go check it out. Otherwise, go to toppaidspeaker.com and learn how you can build a six-figure public speaking business in as little as 90 days. I love you guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Peace.